We're on the record. I'm Sheila Cass. Good morning. Whether unwrapped under a twinkling Christmas tree or selected at your local library over winter break, books can make frosty December days a treat. Later in the show, we'll hear recommendations of recently published books for adults. But first, Connie Strittmatter is the Youth and Family Engagement Manager for the Baltimore County Public Library. We ask her to put together a list of books for children of all ages, picture books, novels for newly independent readers, picks for tweens and teens. She's here in the studio with me, surrounded by these books. Welcome back to the show, Connie. Thank you, Sheila. Let's start with Something Someday, written by presidential inaugural poet Amanda Gorman. One of the stanzas reads, You're told that this won't work, but how will you know if you never try? What is this picture book about? This picture book is about a young boy who sees problems in the world around him. And sometimes those problems might seem small to an adult or um, maybe even small to a child, but they grow. Those problems grow. And the child sees uh, hopelessness at first, but suddenly understands that even the small things that he can do, along with his friends, along with the people he meets along the way, can improve the world around him and solve those problems, small or big. It's a beautiful book, Something Someday is illustrated by Christian Robinson, who won a Caldecott honor and a Coretta Scott King honor. Let's look at these illustrations. Describe them. Absolutely. Christian Robinson's illustrations are really beautiful. They they look almost like they've been sketched or painted, then cut out and pasted back onto a white background, which makes them really stand out. Anytime you have a lot of white space in the background, it allows space for children, for the reader to imagine more, which is such a perfect thing for a book like this, to imagine more of how they see themselves in this story. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, it's fascinating watching you page through because you're right, the white space does make them pop out. Mm-hmm. Mac Barnett tackles a quintessential Christmas question in How Does Santa Go Down the Chimney? <laughs> Tell us about this book. So I can't lie, Mac Barnett is and John Klassen, the illustrator, they're two of my favorite currently working uh, uh, children book authors and illustrators. Um, this book is goofy. Uh, it's sarcastic. Uh, so it appeals both, I think, to the child and the adult. There's no question. Um, the illustrations, often uh, the the faces on our characters are very deadpan. Um, you see Santa standing in front of the chimney full of soot, um, looking like, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, he's just got this deadpan look on his face like, oh, not again. Um, but I, what I love about it is it goes through the, the, the many uh, seemingly uh, impossible ways that Santa could possibly be getting down the chimney, whether it's shrinking to be as small as a mouse, um, turning, like, uh, cinching his belt as tight as he can so he can come down. It even uh, tries to answer that question that so many children have, what if we don't have a chimney? How, do, mm. how does Santa get in? Um, and so my favorite one, I think, is perhaps that Santa um, gets through the mail slot by turning himself into a letter, which I think is lovely. 
That is lovely. Mm -hmm. You've selected The Story of Gumlock the Wizard by Adam Rex as an ideal book for young readers transitioning away from picture books and on to chapters. Why? So Gumlock the Wizard, this book, is uh, a great example of a format that I really love. It is a chapter book. Uh, so your young reader will have that sense of accomplishment of reading that chapter book, which is such a big step for a reader. But it's full of these lovely illustrations. Um, the illustrations... Um, black are, and white. They're black and white, yes. They're black and white illustrations. Um, they look like pencil sketches, almost like a storyboard. And the book itself is just so silly. It's narrated fr- by the the raven who has met this wizard, um, and they're on this journey together. It's it's really lovely. Atanuka is a Nigerian-born author. She grew up uh, in both Lagos and England, an experience that mirrors that of her character, Anna Hibiscus, who is growing up in an African city. Tell us about Anna. So Anna, she lives in Nigeria with her family. Uh, her mother, who is Canadian, uh, also lives with her in Nigeria. And she is about to go on a journey for the first time on an airplane. So the book opens with her waving goodbye to her family. She is so nervous. Uh, she's never been out of the country like this. And uh, not only has she never been out of the country, but she's about to go to Canada in the winter. So mm. she is about to have a very different experience, and she's going to visit her grandmother. And this is part of a series. It is. Anna Hibiscus uh, is a character that you can get to know in a series of books by Atanuka. It's a really lovely tradition of having a character like this uh, that a child can follow in these early readers. It is a great way for a young reader to build confidence as they read through a series following a character like this, uh, somebody who maybe they see themselves a little bit. This is On the Record. I'm Sheila Cass speaking with Connie Strittmatter of the Baltimore County Public Library about her selection of books to delight the kids in your life. Small town friends Evan and Rafe uncover a mystery in The Lost Library by Rebecca Steed and Wendy Mass. That mystery includes a ghost librarian, right? Oh, yes, yes. Quite a tradition, the ghost librarian. You know, we see ghost librarians in other stories, maybe Ghostbusters, if you've ever seen that. One of the most famous ghost librarians, of course. What are Evan and Rafe up to? So Evan and Rafe, they're in this uh, library, and what's actually happening is they're realizing there are these old secrets about their town that even some of the adults in their town might know about. So they're trying to figure out this link between what they're finding in the library, these old books, and this old secret in town. If folks are worried about boredom over winter break, Connie, you have the answer with a book of festive crafts. Tell us about this one. Absolutely. One of my favorite kinds of books to pick up for kids uh, this time of year is either a craft book or a, a cookbook, something to occupy the child during break because you, we all know the kids will get bored being um, out of school for a week. So Winter Crafts Across Cultures, it's a great book to pick up uh, or to give as a gift because it spans not just the holiday season, but all winter long. So when they're off for President's Day, when they're off for Martin Luther King Jr. Day, um, anytime you have those days off for snow, you can pull out this book and find something to make. Something like a cozy flannel scarf. You can grab an old flannel that's falling apart and it has directions for how to turn that into a scarf. 
It's a race to save the day in Max Fernsby and the Infinite Toys by Peter Galky and Jerry Swallow. Why is Christmas at stake in this book? Well, Christmas is at stake because these two rogue elves who are just getting themselves into trouble, they lose Santa's sack, his bag. They lose Santa's bag uh, and they the drop gifts. it. The gifts, right. The bag with all the gifts. And, and what's uh, what's amazing about this is it, it answers that question of how does Santa hold um, all of these gifts? How does Santa create all of these gifts? Well, it's because Santa's bag is magical and it can create toys uh, on demand. So this bag is dropped into Max Fernsby's bedroom and suddenly Max has the key to receiving everything he's ever wanted right there with this magical bag. Uh, but he also realizes what's at stake, that Christmas is at stake if he doesn't get this bag back to Santa. And he's also trying to keep it away from um, a greedy businessman who uh, is sending uh, people after him and after the bag. So Max has quite an adventure in front of him. What a wonderful imagination it took (laughs) to think of all that. Let's turn to teen readers. Love in Winter Wonderland by Abiola Bello is a romance with a You Got Mail twist involving a family-owned bookstore. What's going on? Yes. So uh, we have two characters in this book that we're following. We have Trey and we have Ariel. Uh, Trey's family owns this bookstore. In fact, it is the oldest Black-owned bookstore in London. So this book is set in London. And Ariel gets a job at the bookstore where Trey works because she's trying to save up money to get to uh, an art school. And the two of them don't really hit it off at first. So it's, you know, one of those stories, uh, I think people call it maybe hate to love, love stories, Mm -hmm. Um, starts off a little rocky. But then as the story goes on, we learn that the bookstore is at stake. It's possible that the bookstore might close forever. So the two of them have to, you know, come together, uh, despite their differences and figure out how to save the bookstore. And that's a risk young readers might have heard about in real life. So that probably resonates. Absolutely. Um, Another thing that I really love about this book that I want to point out is each chapter starts with uh, a song from either Trey's or Ariel's playlist, and it's their holiday playlist. So the reader will have a lovely time working through uh, uh, maybe some new holiday songs that they'd never heard before. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Finally, Star Splitter by Matthew Kirby takes place in the year 2199. A young space explorer has crash landed on a planet light years away from Earth. Who is this explorer? So this explorer, she is actually trying to find her parents. Uh, her, her name is Jessica. She's 17 years old and her parents have been missing. So she is she's on her way to this planet. Um, I think it's 14 light years away from Earth when uh, it crashes and she finds herself in the middle of uh, what seems to be some sort of murder mystery there. There's blood she finds. She finds graves out on this alien planet um, and she doesn't quite know where she is or or how to how to get away. So she's stuck here. Um, it's a really interesting book to narratively because it alternates chapter to chapter. Some of the chapters are called before and some of the chapters are called after. And by the end of the book, those two timelines meet. So we're in a mystery. Uh, we don't know what's happened. She doesn't know where her parents are. Um, and we're not quite sure how these two timelines match up. 
The author, Kirby, his father was in the Navy, so he lived in many different places, including Maryland for a time. And Kirby also has a background in school psychology. Do you think that experience added authenticity to the way he wrote Jessica? Oh, I'm certain. Yes. Um, this book, it's, it's, a, it's a great example for teens who are interested in psychological mystery, even a little bit psychological horror and sci-fi. Um, so I would definitely say that his background lends to that. What a lot of great reading you've lined up for us. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Absolutely. Connie. Absolutely, yeah. Connie Stripmatter is the Youth and Family Engagement Manager for Baltimore County Public Library. At the On the Record page at WYPR.org, we have a link to her list of recommendations, including a few titles we didn't get to this morning. Short break on the record, then books by an estranged prince and a diva of film and theater. Memoirs are having a moment. I'm Sheila Cass. Stay with us. I'm Al Waller. I'm Katherine Collinson. And I'm Mahala Vince. In upcoming episodes of Clear Path, Your Roadmap for Life, we'll discuss ways to catch up on retirement savings and the importance of self-care. Tune in to WYPR's website and mobile app, all major podcast platforms, and transamericainstitute.org. Welcome back to On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast. If you need a last-minute gift, look no farther than your local bookstore. A book is a gift that can be enjoyed over and over and passed on to friends and family. Or if you could use a mental escape from the holiday bustle, take refuge in the pages of an engrossing mystery or a salacious memoir. Joining me to share her recommendations is Megan McCorkle, Chief of Marketing, Communications, and Strategy for the Enoch Pratt Free Library. Welcome back, Megan. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Let's kick things off with Let Us Descend Mm -hmm. by Jessamyn Ward. Tell us about this book. Yes. I mean, this is a great book if you have a history lover or honestly just any book lover. Nobody does historical fiction better than Jasmine Ward. And this book tells the story of an enslaved girl in the years before the Civil War. She weaves through the history of the transatlantic slave trade. Um, this is a book that is heavily being checked out at the Enoch Pratt Free Library. Um, everyone wants to get their hands on it. And we're super excited because Jasmine Ward is actually our speaker this year for Book Lovers Breakfast. Um, And that is the first weekend in February. So you can buy Let Us Descend uh, for someone you love and then buy them tickets to Book Lovers Breakfast and they can come see. So we're really we've planned out this gift for you. Well, that's hard to top, but um, let's talk about some other books. Next up, a book that's been turned into a miniseries for Apple TV, Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. Yes. Lessons in Chemistry is actually our top fiction checkout of the year. Uh, at the Pratt Library. So it is a huge crowd pleaser. It is what I bought my mother for Christmas. So I know, Mom, earmuffs. 
It's not necessarily a new book, but it is incredibly popular. It is about Elizabeth Zott, and she's kind of a zany character, and she's a chemist uh, in the 1960s, kind of in a man's world. She's trying to break into this chemistry uh, lab, and she's really smarter than everybody else and has a hard time getting people to see that. And then she becomes kind of an unexpected TV star. Uh, So it's really a a book that makes you laugh. It makes you cry. It really has everything in there. And also you can read it before you watch the Apple Plus series. I always like to see which is better. I always think the book is better, but I am biased. But yes, that series is out now. For fans of fantasy, you selected Iron Flame. It's it's part of a series. Yes. Iron Flame is the second book by Rebecca Yaros, and Fourth Wing was her first book. That book, We Cannot Keep on the Shelves. It has spent 31 weeks on top of the New York Times bestseller list. Um, People are – I haven't read it yet because I can't get my hands on it um, because so many people have checked it out from the library. But this is the second installment of that book, and it has every kind of – element of a fantasy romance that you want to see. There are dragons. There's a couple at the center of it. There's wars. Um, It's very epic. And so you want to check in and see if your person has first read Fourth Wing first. And if they haven't, you can get that and you can get the second book so that they can just keep continuing. But Iron Flame is really high on top of uh, the bestsellers list right now, right behind Fourth Wing, which was the first book. Day by Michael Cunningham is a portrait of a family told in an unusual structure. How, how is this novel arranged? Sure. So first of all, Day, I can't walk into a bookstore without seeing Day right in the front. So it should be easy to find if you're looking for it. So the story happens on the same day each year in 2019, 2020, and 2021. So it's the story of that day in each of those years following this family. And of course, what happened in 2020, the pandemic. There is the before the pandemic year, the pandemic year, and then the, we're not really post-pandemic, but the 2021 years. So you can kind of see the evolution of this family and the impact that the pandemic had on them. Um, it's a little close to home. It might be for uh, for some readers and not for others, but it's getting stunning reviews. It's in every bookstore, um, and it's a real look into very recent past and can really touch people because it's something that we've all lived through. A group of friends confront the past in your next pick, There Should Have Been Eight. What's what's the story here? Well, I mean, the title kind of gives it away. There should be eight friends, but clearly there are only seven. Um, so this is a great mystery by Nalini Singh. This was recommended by one of our selectors. We have an amazing group of people who select all of the books that wind up on our bookshelves. Um, So it's a mystery. It's a thriller. Seven friends get back together. They go to this gothic mansion that used to be owned by one of their friends, and that is the friend who passed away under some sort of mysterious circumstances. And then they start to learn that perhaps the story of this person's death is not exactly as they thought it was. Mm. Always like a good mystery. (laughs) That's Megan McCorkle of the Enoch Pratt Free Library on the record on WIPR. I'm Sheila Cast. McCorkle is sharing her picks of recently published books to enjoy and share this holiday season. Baltimore writer-editor and James Beard Award winner Tony Tipton-Martin is on your list with her new 
recipe book. Tell us about it. Yeah, Juke Joints, Jazz Clubs, and Juice, a cocktail recipe book. So uh, not necessarily the food recipes we're used to sing from her, but who doesn't love a good cocktail recipe book? Tony Tipton Martin came to the Pratt Library just a couple years ago. She's just fascinating with all of her books. And so this is her latest one. And it shows cocktails from the past two centuries in African-American cookbooks, and it really just celebrates the stories behind some of your favorite drinks. It's a great option um, for somebody who loves entertaining, especially if they like to try new and interesting signature cocktails and then have a story behind the cocktail. Another Baltimorean on your list, photographer J.M. Giordano, who published 1323. Mm -hmm. I spoke with Giordano in October about his book, which documents the toll of gun violence and the rise of peace activism. And then there's one photo that one of my students, I, I teach at Baltimore School of the Arts, um, one of my photography uh, seniors picked out and said it had to be in there. And it's of three just exhausted neighbors at a, crime, at a shooting scene. And they just look like they've been through it. It sums up in, I think, one photo how the community feels when this happens on their street, in their neighborhood. It's exhaustion, it's confusion, it's, you know, why us again? You know, this is terrible. You know, obviously the, I, they knew the person that had, been, that had been killed. Why did you pick this book? Well, Joe is a personal friend and just a stunning photographer. And in fact, I was a TV news reporter, and we met on one of those crime scenes. Um, that was how we met a decade ago. And I think it's actually photographed in this book. Joe has a way of capturing the emotion of people. He has a way of capturing Baltimore that's just stunning and telling a story. He's also so respectful. People really let him into their world. And I think it shows in all of his photographs. This book, um, I was there for the launch of it. He will be at the library in January talking about it. The um, proceeds from it go to the Baltimore Peace Movement. But it's really just this documentation of 10 years of gun violence, but then also um, the type of activism that's happened since then to stop gun violence, to stop police violence. And so I think it just really hits home in these stunning photographs. And I think everybody could really soak that in. I think it really tells a story. GM Giordano will be at the Pratt on January 11th. You have dubbed 2023 the year of the memoir with two notable selections, My Name is Barbara by Barbara Streisand Mm -hmm. and Spare by Prince Harry. What does each of these books deliver? You know, it's so interesting. I feel like we we actually started doing a bunch of emails with all memoirs because in the past couple months, so many people have put out a memoir. So my name is Barbara for your music lovers. Um, It's Barbara Streisand's memoir. People were so excited to hear that it's going to that it's coming out, uh, that it's kind of the story of how she was trying to get into acting and that didn't work out. And then she went into singing, obviously amazing, and how that worked her way into acting. It tells her personal story, um, the story of her marriage. I think it's all those behind the scenes things that you really want to know about the woman that you have seen probably growing up and loved her music. Now, Prince Harry's memoir obviously came out several months ago. It is the top 
nonfiction checkout at the Pratt Library this year. So a lot of people really, really interested in kind of what happens behind palace grounds, especially with him and his wife leaving uh, the royal family, moving to the United States. It is a big read for the season. And obviously, a lot of people are reading it because it's the top checkout. Why do you think memoirs are so popular? You know, I think we see these people on stage or we hear them um, singing and they become a part of our life, but you don't really know as much about their life. And I think those people especially are really good at showing you what they want you to see. And so these memoirs really give you this inside peek about maybe what was happening in their lives when they wrote this song or what was happening behind the doors of the palace when they were making the decision to leave the royal family. I think we're always just so interested in knowing the true self of a person that we see and admire and has become a part of our lives. Even though, as you say, it's edited. We're, we're getting is. what they choose of course, to share. Of course. What other trends have you noticed this year in what's popular among library patrons? Sure. I mean, I think people are always interested in books that provide some inspiration, provide some, um, some guidance, especially coming out of the years of the pandemic where people, um, you know, people's lives changed. A lot of things changed. So personally, I've, I've been writing a lot of um, a lot of inspirational books. The one I have on my list is a brand new one that's come out called The Way Forward. It's by Young Pueblo. That is his um, pen name. It's a book of poetry. It's the third in a series of three. And it's all about kind of the way you live your life um, and values. It's one of those things that I read one of the poems and then you kind of have to like sit down and put it down and really internalize it and think about it. Truthfully, I've bought like four copies of this book. So at least four of my friends are getting this book because it's always really interesting for me to see that you're not the only person that's going through things. You know, I think we have such egos that we think, oh, this is the thing that's happening to me and it's only me. And then we can relate to it and see that other people go through the same thing. So, yeah, we've seen a lot of that. People looking towards literature or, um, you know, sort of self-help books, inspirational books. Megan, thanks for sharing your excitement about these books. I'm always excited. Thank you. Megan McCorkle is Chief of Marketing, Communications, and Strategy for the Enoch Pratt Free Library. We have her list of book recommendations at the On the Record page at WIPR.org. If you missed part of this conversation, you can catch it by going to WIPR.org to listen or download the On the Record podcast. I'm Sheila Cass. Glad you're with us on the record. Tune in tomorrow for an update on how water infrastructure in the Baltimore region is governed. 